Oh my goodness. Welcome to the Rockstar Violinist Podcast. My name is Matt Bell. I am so excited about this episode. I grew up near Detroit playing classical music and listening to rock. Country wasn't really on my radar and it definitely wasn't my thing. It wasn't until I heard Garth Brooks that I really got it. I distinctly remember looking up who his fiddle player was because he really spoke to me. He had those country licks, but he put a rock and roll attitude on him. And it was one of the first times I heard country music and thought, hey, I like that. Jimmy Mattingly is a legend. He won the Grandmaster Fiddle Championship when he was 18 years old. His resume reads like a who's who in music, including such names as Garth, Reba, and Dolly. No last names needed. If there's a big stage somewhere, he's played it. The ACM Awards, Macy's Thanksgiving Parade, the Grand Ole Opry, Texas Stadium, too many to count. We're listening to Fever from the historic Garth at Central Park show now. This was live in front of an estimated 980,000 people. My heart rate doubled just thinking about that. Listen to this. in front of a million people. Hey, because of COVID-19, we weren't able to sit in a room together, but we set up a teleconference between his studio in Nashville and mine in Raleigh. The latency did make for a few times where we talked over each other, but I hope you really enjoy my chat with Jimmy Mattingly, rock star violinist. Yeah, uh, gear, talking about gear, it's like, um, and, and you know this and every fiddle player does, it's like um, you just, uh, fiddle is like one of the trickiest things ever to to pick up, mic, uh, what it, whatever you're going to do. It, it, it seems like I work harder trying to get that to happen than, than, uh, than, than anything else. It's, you know, like, but, but I guess I, maybe I'm pickier about it, but like, you know, microphones, it's like you can hear a vocal and it sounds great. And then you play a fiddle and every little frequency in a fiddle, it's the thing that drives people crazy trying to find the fiddle that's the one for them. It's the, yep. all those, there's so many frequencies in that fiddle that, man, a microphone will grab some of those and accentuate it. And it's like, you know, just, man, it's like, Fiddle is one of those things, and, and the older I get, the more I realize it, it is totally an extension of your soul. And, Absolutely. And, and if it's not right, it doesn't feel right, then you're not right. Man, you know? I'm so glad to hear you say that. I've yeah. been struggling to record fiddle my whole career. Yeah. And, you know, th- you get them okay, and you get yeah. them good, but getting one that sounds great is just so hard. Yeah, recording-wise, you know, one of the things I think that I've found that 
kind of smooths it out a little bit better is is just a good compressor. Like it mm. kind of takes those transients that are really weird and kind of brings them back. You know, unfortunately, it's the really good ones and the high dollar ones that can do that yeah. really sweet, you know. Um, but uh, but live, too, you know, man, live, it's, you know, people go, ah, oh, man, you know, put the in-ears in, you know, you're good. Um, I, you can hear it, and yeah, you can hear it, and it sounds pretty good. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Then when you get ready to play and you're trying to play, it's like if you're playing something that rocks, then it's like, I'll just turn it up and it's not that big a deal. But the next song might right. be the sweetest thing in the world that you need to jump on. And the last thing you want is this abrasive thing blasting through your head while you're trying to emote some beautiful thing. It's like, oh, man, they don't get it, you know. Uh, right. But um, and I, I do better with speakers personally I because it feels more like if I hear something out in front of me, it feels like the fiddle that's in front of me. Right. I, naturally, it's just more, you know, um, it's more natural for it to be in front of me and not in my head. And uh, so that, that I think kind of getting comfortable, I always say just like getting comfortable in the saddle. Once you get comfortable and you got it sounding good and it's inspiring you, it's like, then you'll do your best. I mean, you'll be the best you can be at that point. But, you know. If, Absolutely. And the thing is with in-ears and digital desks and all that, in theory, it should sound exactly the same every night, right? Right, right. I mean, that's a wonderful theory. Yeah. But, you know, as you know, it's one night to the next. It's like this exact same settings, exact same PA, it's the same fiddle, and it sounds completely different. Yeah, you know, and it's and a, and a lot of times I try to explain to people that there's a reason why they have violinists play concerts in an unbelievable-sounding hall, because that hall has a sound. And that reverb yep. will carry uh, perfectly, not to where it washes out, but it just sonically makes everything, uh, you know. And, and I've gotten to play in a couple places like that, and um, you can hear it. It's like, oh, I, 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 hear, I hear that magic, that magic, uh, the magical reverb time that just lets everything kind of just blend and man, it's sweet. I mean, it's like, you know, because I, 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 when I, I grew up playing fiddle, my dad was a like a he was a square dance fiddle player. He played, you know, rough and he just saw the heck out of it. And, and so I kind of started that way. And I went to a, a you know, and I, I kind of knew that I needed to try to get pitch and all that. But, you know, still, I was still just rough sawing, you know. And I uh, went to a fiddle contest. Um, I'd always heard about Mark O'Connor because we were the same age. And uh, I'd always heard about him. People were talking about this kid from Washington State, you know, and I, I was living in Kentucky. And it was like, I've heard about this guy. I wonder if he's really that good. And uh, so um, he came to Kentucky to, to the fiddle contest up there, state championship. And, uh, and it was like, oh, my God, it blew my mind. It was like, oh, well, this is, wait a minute. And I was actually playing classical violin at the same time I just started with that and so I was kind of getting you know introduced to you know the tone and and and, and things like that and uh but when I heard him I was like oh there's, there's a whole other thing out here yeah he's this got is, another gear 
this is refinement. And I mean, the kid was my age. I mean, we were uh, maybe like, I don't even know, 13, 14. And uh, I was like, okay, I, I've got to, I've got to do something. And my dad was real supportive of that too. He was like, yeah, whatever. That, that's, that's smooth. That's good. And so then I got a bunch of albums from a bunch of different people and just started, you know, Texas fiddle players and, and Southeastern fiddle players and, and just started listening a lot, you know, and going, you know, I, I like that. And that's not really me. And it kind of, kind of migrated in it. Really. I never did ever adapt the, uh, to the Mark O'Connor thing. It was like, there was people that played just like him and everything. And I just could not ever do that. And I wanted to, I it was like, okay, this is just not me. But, um, but that's, that's kind of like, um, but, but the classical violin thing that I really was interested in that. And I went, um, all the way through high school and, and, uh, went to college, you know, got a full scholarship and I was really, I was really into it, but deep down I was still a fiddle player and, and, um, so I kind of had to make that, oh, well, I didn't have to make that decision, but I, I was like, I don't know, man, I'm just. <laughs> but I, but I was always into um, you know the sound man and oh I was always amazed at you know and then I, as I've gotten older my son's a French horn player and he's he's a master student right now and uh, and so I'm still you know totally like that's my secret like oh man just classical violin is still like my secret. Uh, you know, I, I, I wish I kind of would have done it or could do it. But, uh, man, that's a, that's a challenging area to, to go into. And well, it's almost like speaking a whole different language, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, the approach is totally different. The, the discipline is way different, um, which I love that part of it. I tell all these kids that they're playing fiddle. You know, and I think sometimes they have their parents or somebody saying, ah, you don't want to play that stuff. You know, it's like, oh, no, dude, you want to play that stuff. You want to play anything. You you can play rock. I don't, you know, and because and, that, that, that's kind of how it evolved for me. It was like, then as I got older, I was like, okay, um, man, I'd like to do some, some of the rocks. You know, I want to rock. <laughs> and I was like, man. This is going to be difficult. There's only a couple bands out there that have violin in them that rock. Right. And uh, yeah, I especially and this is what in the '80s, right? Well, yeah, early '80s. Yeah, late '70s actually. You know, but I yeah, got like Mahavishnu and Jean Luc and, yeah. and those guys, and that that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. You had Kansas and ELO, but you know, but yeah, like the solo thing, it was Jean Luc Ponty. You know, and I was like, so I listened to that and. Uh, and stuff like that, and it was it's kind of weird, you know. I I, I guess it, it it the path kind of got me to to that thing, but uh, I I was always looking for you know you got to stay passionate about it too. That's the thing. If you want to play classical violin, play it. If you want to go play some rock, go play it. If you want to play bluegrass, go play it. And I've always said, you know, as long as you're because the whole thing about fiddle, you know, I mean, we all know is just trying to learn as much about that neck as you can and the bow and everything you're using. And anytime you're doing it, you're just familiarizing yourself with it more. 
so you can't go sure. wrong. You can't go wrong, you know. Um, Here's a little bit of Me and John and Paul by Jimmy's band, The Graskels. Johnny said, let's go to town and make some memories. It was me and John and Paul, the best friends you ever saw. All for one and one for all, it was me and John and Paul. So you went to music school then, right? Out of high school? Yeah, for just a short period of time. I mean, I mean, and then ended up starting a band? Uh, actually, when I, I left that, I decided I wanted to go out on, on the road and or I just wanted to get in a bluegrass band. I wanted to go play. I just wanted to go play. Um, don't really know really why. I was just restless to sit there and 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 do four-hour rehearsals with the symphony and and uh you know honestly and this is kind of looking back i i kind of see it uh it was a little short-sighted but um we were really playing a lot of modern stuff it, when, when when i started in college i mean uh, extremely modern pieces and i really wasn't into that i i i, mm. I was a traditional uh, you know classical guy i wanted to play the classics yeah i just loved the sound of it i loved the way if i could hear how the harmony and everything was and how everything was all just beautiful i love that but i didn't really like it when it, it didn't make sense to me it was like this mm -hmm. this i get it i get that technically this is what a creation this is but but it's not doing anything for me and it was. It seems like I, I. I'm almost pretty sure the first, um, uh, you know, semesters, um, that was all we did was was modern pieces. So I went. Yeah, you know, I think I'm. I just don't want to do this, you know. And I, you know, I wanted to do it professionally. So there was different ways to go with it. And uh, I'd played bluegrass and I'd played country and I'd done competition and. So I just went the bluegrass route. And uh, so I, I, I left that and just started jamming around. And I uh, went to a bluegrass festival in Kentucky and uh, met some guys, that the four-piece band, which I thought was perfect. I thought, well, they've only got four guys. they got room for another guy. And uh, I jammed with them, and they asked me to go on the road with them. And so I, I joined that band for a, a time. And Bela Fleck was in that band playing mm. banjo. And um, so that was what cool. was that band? It was called Spectrum. Yeah, okay. it was a couple guys out of J.D. Crow's band, um, uh, Jimmy Gaudreau and Glenn Lawson, and Mark Schatz was the upright bass player, and he was a monster too. Um, and him and Baylor were jazz guys, and they were they were they were incredible. So it was it was oh, man, I was in heaven in that band because you know we would jam, we just jam for hours a day, and um, and then Baylor left to go to Newgrass. And when he did that, we were like, eh, it's going to kind of be hard to move on. He's a big piece to yeah. <laughs> try to fill. How do you replace Bela Fleck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I just went and started playing country uh, in some country bands in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, um, just played and got to 
luckily I got in a band there playing uh, with Tommy White, uh, Opry steel player, just one of the steel guitar legend guys. And so I played there with him, you know, five days a week, uh, five hours a night. Man, that was just incredible. What a blast that was. And then uh, got a call. Somebody said, hey, we're looking for a fiddle player. Somebody in the band knows you from fiddle contest. And, um, you know, would you like to go out? And so I went on the road and, and then that just kind of started the whole, you know, I met people and went to other things. And But, you know, I mean, it's just... You know, it's yeah. As long as you get to do it, man, that's just the thing. You know, uh, I've, I've had like frozen shoulder and a couple things like that. You know, not not anything. Luckily, not anything really bad. And uh, which I never had really thought about the you know like uh, you know stretches and things like that. But I've had a couple issues that I've like okay, this this is something a person really needs to take serious because you can have injury from playing. No uh, you know, because when we were doing two shows a night uh, with Garth, we would play five hours. It was two, two and a half hour shows and a sound check. So that's six hours. We would do that. You know, we've done that 10 days in a row. And it's like, man, wow. that's that's brutal on your your shoulders and mostly your shoulders because everything comes from there. You know, I've had I've had right. some numb, numbness, but it kind of came from my. Uh, more from my shoulders and my neck than actually like it was an actual carpal tunnel. It was from my nerves in my neck. And, uh, but the thing that I, what I was getting to is the thing is when you have something like that, the first thing you think about is, I mean, for me anyway, it wasn't that I couldn't work. It was that, Oh my gosh, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't play, you know, I mean, you couldn't play your instrument because it's gosh, you know, this point it's, big part of your life you know sure so yeah. even on vacation you're taking your axe with you and sitting and hacking around and sometimes just, you know, yeah so many hours so many hours yeah i remember uh i remember like the first day i didn't you know like i i i bet it was about 10 years that i remember the first day i didn't play <laughs> i was like wow i didn't play today that's the first time in my life I've not played. And, you know, of course, <laughs> I've done that now, you know, as I've gotten older, I got kids and married. And so, you know, you, you know, and it's good to take a break once you've been doing it for a while. You know, you, you got to keep your love for it, you know. Sure. So, but. So when yeah. did you start playing uh, festivals and contests and all that stuff? Must have been as a kid, right? Yeah, I started playing uh, fiddle contests at 11, 11 years old. Um and then uh, all the way, to, uh, I guess it was um, probably uh, probably about when I was about 19. Yeah, when I was about 19, I quit doing that. But I mean, up until then, I was every weekend. It was every, you know, the whole whole week was it was like preparing for a football game. It's like, OK, how did I do? What do I need to change? What do I need to work on? I need something new. And I mean, I was working constantly every day to hone that in because that was, you know, and it was great. I, lo I loved it. It was it was competitive. I don't know if I would have the nerve for it now because, you know, it's so, you know, I don't I don't like being judged. 
you know. Well, it's a good thing you don't stand on huge stages every night, right? Yeah, but you know, like when you do that, the, the people <laughs> the people are already on your side, you know. You know, oh, that's true. You know, most of the time when you go out playing stuff, the people that are there, they're they're on your side, you know. Sure. They're already your fan, you know. So you really can't, you know, you you can't go wrong, you know. That's true. It's just at that point, I kind of look at it like, okay, we're all here, you know. We're just here to have fun. Forget about all the stuff that's going on in the world. Let's just go. Let's just and let me. I'll just give you what I got. And that's that's all I got. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all. That's all you're gonna get. You know. Well, you picked up your first, I guess, like legend gig. You played with so many legends out there, but you started playing with Dolly in like the late '80s, right? Yeah, in eighty nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, um, that was that that was that was huge. That was awesome, man. I mean, I still look back on that, and uh, and still that that band is kind of her core band even today. I mean, it's, uh, but, but man, that was, I went from, you know, uh, it was great gigs, but, you know, uh, making a lot less money and working a whole lot more, you know, sleeping on couches and that to, you know, man, it, it was just, it was incredible. It was, yeah, I look back on that and that just, uh, you know, man, what a blessing that whole thing was. That just, um, and you know, and, and the guy that hired me for that gig, you know, he told me something I never forgot. He said, um, I can get you the gig, but I can't keep you the gig. Mm. And I thought, you know, I'm going to remember that. Cause that's, that's so, that's so true, you know? Uh, but, um, she was incredible. She's awesome. Uh, she still is. Um, just watch how she does things. And the band was incredible. I mean, I was, me and the, the guitar player, Kent Wells, we were we were the young guys in the band. We were 27 and both of us the same age. And, and the other guys were seasoned guys. And it was just, man, it was, yeah, it was, it was incredible. And there was a lot of, I played acoustic guitar on the gig. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot to learn there. And, um, so, yeah, and utility, you know, that kind of was my, a little bit of more of my uh, introduction to being a utility guy, because that's... So you hadn't picked up guitar or mandolin on the bluegrass circuit? I played, like when I was a kid, I played a lot. I played, played but not in that situation. Uh, you know, it's like, um, you know, you can do those, a lot of those things, and you, and you can be good at it, and the neighbor will think you're awesome at it. But when you get in a situation like that, it's, you know, okay is not good enough. Right. You know, and good's not really good enough. You know, it's got to be perfect. I mean, they're looking for perfection. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah. But, you know, I like the challenge. It's good. It's, it's, it, it, it makes you learn. I mean, we can, we'll learn until we, quit until we're done you know we'll no never doubt. we'll we'll never we'll never I, I don't know i think there are violinists that pretty much have it mastered but man hats off to them because i don't know how they they probably would tell you that they haven't mastered it but you know speaking of dolly here's a bit of a tune jimmy recorded with her called halos and horns Between what's wrong 
it, it amazes me though. I, I, you know, I don't get starstruck much at all because I've been around so many people. And uh, but uh, I was in the Burbank Airport last year, and, and I saw uh, Joshua Bell, and I was mm. like, "Oh my God, I think that's Joshua Bell," and and I was like. Oh my! I, I'm like ah, I don't want to bother him really, you know. And I was like, Oh no, you're gonna go bother him. <laughs> you're gonna go talk to him. <laughs> so I actually went. I said, Okay, I'm going to do it, man. He was a really super nice guy, but I was sitting there thinking, This guy, golly, man, what a monster, you know. And uh, he's got mad but, uh, skills. Yeah, and he had his fiddle. Uh, he had to strap over his shoulder and his arm around his fiddle. <laughs> and I thought, Yeah, if these people in this airport just knew what he has in that case. I no mean, doubt. it's like, wow. You know, I was kind of like more wanting to go, hey, you know, I'd really like to see that violin. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. It's like, come on, break it out. You know, but I, nah. But I was like, oh, man. That's, that, that's, a, that's another thing that blows my mind, too, you know, is some of those instruments are just incredible. You know? Well, that's the thing for us that we're doing this in, in beer joints, and you're you're not playing as many beer joints anymore, I don't think, but... It's, you know, the road is, is hard on gear, like real hard. Oh yeah. So we're not taking hundred thousand dollar instruments out on these gigs. That's just not smart. No, I know. I, I had that dilemma recently cause I, I, you know, I had, I had been looking around for another violin and I, I found this great, uh, great violin. It was a great story on this violin. Um, and I, and I found, I got a, uh, uh, 1943 Carl Becker violin. Mm. And, uh, and I'd always said, if I get something like that, I'm going to take it out and play it. That's what I got it for. And uh, so I got that. And uh, it was a one owner, a guy had gotten it for his graduation present in, in 1943 and played for 10 years and didn't play it again and had it and passed away and his, his uh, kids were selling it. So I, I got it. It was the bow, the case, there's a Nuremberger bow also with a $49 price tag in the case. That's awesome. And, and, and so I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm like the new custodian of this guy's, you know, prize possession that he had. Sure. And uh, I'm like, I can't take it out, man. And it's, <laughs> and it's got a really soft varnish on it. I mean, man, you can just kind of, you know, just anything and you can see where you kind of nick it a little bit but uh man i'd love to play it i i you know i hate not to do that but man it, you know like sometimes we're in the rain i mean we right. i mean a, a handful of times we've played in the snow in the rain <laughs> in the wind I was playing, we were playing a show in California and I bet the wind was blowing 40 mile an hour. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you could, I and needed that bow's a, like a oh, sail yeah, too. Needed a weight on the end of my bow, you know? And so I was like, I don't feel comfortable with my fiddles on my stand, man. I think that that's, that's dangerous. I'm going to lay them down flat on this riser down in these cables and it sh it'll be good down in there. And I was playing guitar on this song <laughs> and I felt something and kind of heard something thump behind me a little bit and I, I turned around and looked and both of my fiddles were laying on the on the on the deck one face down and oh. the and the riser was probably you know three feet high four feet high sure. 
I'm just going, oh, this is not going to be pretty. And uh, uh, you, no casualties, man. I could not believe nice. it. Nice. I, I could I couldn't. Just out of tune, of course. <laughs> but I took that. Um, but, but yeah, you never. But it's kind of sad because you're kind of like, man, you know. Uh, sometimes I, I, I've found that I, I have had violins that weren't the greatest violins that sounded really good plugged up, but I have found with mine, usually my better sounding violins do sound better even with, you know, with plug, you know, with a, with a pickup on them. Um, yeah. What kind of, yeah, I was going to say, I've seen you several times with Garth and you always sound amazing. Oh, and uh, so what uh, what kind of rig are you running? What kind of pickup system and, and gear? Well, I've, I've I've used bags for for a long time. I used the bags pickups for a long time and, and I really like them. I mean, they're seems like, you know, they're 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 a little more mid rangey and they're a little more pointed and they, they they seem like they cut good. They're not too excessive on the top end. Um. Probably the one thing that I've used forever that I and, and it doesn't really matter what piece they have, I can make it sound like I want to hear it is a, is, a, is anything with a Fishman preamp. I mean, uh, somehow their their EQ is just right. It just and the preamps sound really good. Um, it's I still, you know, because I want it to be. When I when I'm playing live, I want it to be punchy. I, I almost like a little little air on the bottom end because I want it to when I when I when I you know when it attacks, I want to hear that attack. I don't I don't sure. I don't want to just feel like a mushy attack. I want it to you know attack. And if I'm chopping or something, I want it to I want it to chop. Um, it's tricky, man. I, I and and some fiddles I've I've put pickups on them, and and you know they just don't work. They got weird overtones, and they, um, but that's a constant thing. I've tried every preamp. I've tried every EQ. I've tried every. I've just about tried most everything. There's some new stuff right now that I haven't really tried, but I find. Um, Sometimes that it, it's not as good. I always go full circle back, um, uh, but but I don't know what 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 if I'm always open to hear what 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 do you what do you use? Well, I'm a solid body guy, so yeah. everything I play is is solid body, and then I run through the Line Six Helix and do all my processing there. I really oh, don't wow. do a lot of acoustic playing at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool though. Um, I know. I've thought about that, um, you know, especially um, when it comes to like the the octave violin stuff. And I've thought about doing a solid body on that because it's weird. I've got one one old Strad violin that that I wasn't playing, and 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 it was like Monday, and Garth said, "Hey, can you get a violin that sounds like a cello?" by like Wednesday and I'm like oh my god well and the answer is always yeah I can yeah, and so I was like <laughs> I was like oh my god okay I need some octave strings and the part was a part that had the C string had the cello mm -hmm. C string so 
I had to have a C string. It wasn't an E A D G octave. I needed the A D G C octave. Right. So you know, I I did. I I I just grabbed a bridge that was better than you know, that worked and um, drilled some holes in the keys for the big strings. I mean, yep. it was ugly and it sounded amazing. <laughs> and I yep. went, you Frankenstein those things together, and sometimes they work. I went, okay, uh, and, and and I think that was. 15 years ago, I haven't changed anything about it since, but it's all kind of wrong, but it sounds good, but... Well, that's the rule, right? If it sounds well, good, it is good. Yeah, but it's a little weird. You know, it's... Um, it probably would play a little easier if I had it right. adjusted, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a little afraid that it won't sound the same. So, but, but I have thought about um, solid bodies for that because it's such a weird thing anyway and it does weird stuff to the i'm sure it does to the top the bass bar everything reacts so much different than it's really supposed sure. to so i i'm sure those solid bodies are great we ended up having a long chat about solid body violins that i won't include here but hopefully we'll get a chance to get jimmy into the electric violin shop and we'll make sure you get a clip or two of him playing some fun stuff when he does in the meantime Here's a fantastic little bit of Jimmy and Garth, just the two of them, in San Antonio, Texas, playing for a couple of their closest friends. thing I've done with my octave violin is uh, it, it sounds you know it sounds okay acoustically actually okay but I have set an amp in the room like down beside me not and yep. not and not mic it but and it might sound good that way but actually just let it bleed into the mic that I'm yep. playing on and it's kind of like you get a little bit of that like cello body thing from that um, yeah you get that thump and that's another thing, man. I I have um, looked at a lot of different amps, and I swear, man, the best amp I've ever played through ever is a Zeta amp. I don't know if you've ever mm. tried one of those. It's incredible. I mean, it's the best fiddle amp I've ever, and I've, I've had a million people go, man, what are you playing through? That sounds so natural. It sounds so... And it's like it's a Zeta amp. They don't make it anymore. I'm like, right. I'm like, golly, man! Somebody needs to go get that 
design and restart this thing back up because it's an incredible sounding amp. I mean, now, do it, you tour with that or do you keep it at home? I keep it at home and, and mainly just because we don't use amps out live. But um, I thought about it because it every time I've ever took it to anything and used it, everybody's like, oh, man, that sounds so natural, you know. And I'm like, I know, man, I, it weighs, I mean, it weighs a ton. <laughs> I mean, it's a heavy amp. It's a big, but it's got a. You know, I, I guess you probably, before you started playing with Dolly and them, you're playing with other bands and you're humping all your own gear and everything. It's it's amazing any of our backs survived that. Yeah, I had Session 500 PV amp that was like, oh my God, you know. and uh, But I had to have it because those steel players would be, you know, electric players would be so loud. You, I still deal with that. It's like, man, those dudes, they, you know, they got... They got marshals and stuff, you know? It's like if you bring a little, and you know, and I love, I'm a big fan of Fishman, but you bring a little Fishman amp in there, you're done. Yeah. You're, you're going nowhere. <laughs> you're weak. So before all this Corona thing hit, you were you were on a Garth tour, right? Uh, yeah, we were just getting ready to start this year, uh, the stadium tour. Yep, yep. Our next stop was Charlotte. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, just down the road from me. Yeah, we're uh we're on hold right now. They've they've rebooked some of it uh for June and hoping that um you know everything chills out or they figure out kind of how to how to navigate it. Uh you know, it's uh but yeah, we were in the middle. We we were in the middle. We were second year of a three-year stadium tour. So mm. uh but we're we're so he's still working in the studio and we're we're wrapping up some stuff in there but uh and 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 he's doing it he's very careful you know he's he's doing one guy at a time come in and sure. record and uh you know i mean it's just one of those things it's but it's really it, it it's really kicking our industry you know probably uh i, I i'm not even sure we were, i was talking to my son the other day i said i'm sure this is affecting the classical world a little bit also uh, because, you know, I mean, symphonies aren't performing and, uh, right. you know, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm just hoping that it, uh, it all gets over pretty quick so we can get back to it. I, I, I like playing with other people, you know, man, but, just the energy. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of that energy, you on the Garth stage, you're running and jumping over stuff and flying through hoops and all kinds of everything else out there. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's uh, when we started, you know, when I started in the group, you know, in in '95, it was like that was that was way the deal. So you know, it was just what everybody did, and it's crazy, and everybody's screaming and. You know, you're just having a big time and you just kind of lose yourself in all that. And uh, and then now, you know, 25 years later, everybody still kind of expects that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. You know, <clears throat> I did. I, and we did. We had some conveyor belts uh, on the last arena tour. And uh, that was Man, that was scary. That was really scary because they were they were really fast. They were they were 
They were extremely fast, and uh, I, I bit it a couple times. But my rule of thumb is if you ever fall, however you can do it, protect the fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> At all costs. I mean, sacrifice your back, but don't. That's right. Uh, and I, I did actually have to jump off of the stage because the conveyor belts got me in this weird position and I looked up yeah. and there was no stage and I jumped about, well, I don't even know how far out over people <laughs> and landed and, and it was like, oh my God, I, I could not believe it. I landed on my, I kind of went down when I hit, but I landed on, you know, frontward and uh, my fiddle was still good and Oh my God, I swear. You know, it's like everybody thought it was part of the show, probably. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, it was not. And you, and, and, and you won't, <laughs> I hope you never see that again. But uh. here's another Garth clip. This is live from the Ellen Show with Jimmy playing the iconic fiddle lines on Colin Baton Rouge. yeah i mean i that poor fiddle's been through it i i i i've got two fiddles that i use uh, most of the time uh, out and one's an old strad that has been regraduated and it, it it sounds incredible 
It's the one I use in the studio. So I don't use it as my A fiddle out on the road. I'll, I'll use it for, you know, uh, if something happens to, to my A fiddle, I'll pick it up and use it and I'll, I'll play it on something if it needs to be tuned down or something. But, um, but my number one fiddle that I use most of the time is a Jonathan Cooper. Um, and it's a great violin. I mean, it's, it's really good. It's, it's newer. It seems to be tougher. You know, it, 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 it'll, it'll take it a little bit, but I mean, you know, we all know if the wrong thing happens, you know, you're looking at some toothpicks. They are just made <laughs> out of wood. <laughs> and then I can't imagine the search that would have, I mean, you know, that's what freaks me out. It's like, you know, I, I, I've looked at, I've looked at 30 fiddles in the past couple of years looking for another, uh, I'd like to get my number one, you know, home all the time and, and I wouldn't mind having, and that's, that's the Becker, uh, came along, but it's honestly, it's, it's like a unbelievably great violin that almost crosses to the fiddle side, but mm. not as much of a fiddle as like, I'm, um, you know, and you know how we are. We're all just so picky. Yep. You, you know, we I'm, know I'm listening for a very certain thing. And until I hear it, yeah, I know, man. I I I've looked everywhere, and you feel bad. You go into these unbelievable shops, and you and you you play great violins, and I'm sure they get it by now. They're in the business. They they sure. know it's just not you, you know. And uh, but I did get the opportunity to play a Strad and a Guarneri, and I was betting pretty strongly that the Guarneri would be my favorite. Um, and, uh, as I played them, it was really strange. I would put the Guarneri down, pick the Strad back up. And every time I would play it, like every minute you would play it, it got better. It, it, it just started like coming alive. It was weird. It was, it was almost creepy. And, um, that thing was amazing. And I, I, I finally figured out what it is. It's just, these things are like some kind of living thing. Yeah, it became. I was like, "Oh my God, I don't want to stop playing this thing. This this is kind of freaking me out a little bit." But uh, yeah, it's you know. Well, throw a pickup on it, son. Let's go. Man, you, I would love to. I would love to. I would love to, man. I, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, I would want to do that, but. Uh, <laughs> But oh gosh, that'd be scary because you're also oh you'd like, be so stressed out all the time. You're holding a piece of, you know, history. I I would do it though. I I would do it if if somebody said here you can have this, but you have to play it on stage. Oh, I'd be right there. Yeah, yeah you might as well. <laughs> I'd be right. I mean, there. the thing's lasted two hundred fifty years already. What's what's ten more? It's probably been put back together several times. You know. Yeah. You know, we can just keep all the pieces. You know, yeah, somebody, you know them guitar techs can do anything. No, oh God, they, they, yeah, I, I, and I don't let them have my violins. You know, not me personally. I know people you hand them do. A guitar. I'm like, you take the guitars, you take all that. I got the fiddles. You know, and you know, it's just I, I, I want to, I, I kind of want to check them, make sure everything's cool. You know, you know, I'm just. I'm hands on. I want. I want. I want my fiddles. I want to. 
uh, you know, get, make sure they're all good before I get up there. Yeah, you know? I'm funny about my instrument, my gear, not as much. I'll hand my pedal board yeah. off to a roadie or something, but but man, my my fiddle, I'm I'm funny about the fiddle. Yeah, yeah, because you you realize that it's you've got it set up for you. It's right. Everything's right about it. And if you get them off, uh, if something gets knocked off, you got, it's, it's going to take some time. I mean, yeah. it's not an easy repair, you know? So it, it's even if a string breaks or if a string unwinds on you, which is probably a great thing about those geared pegs, because I've had that happen before. I've had the, peg just spin out on me right you know and string comes off and it's already now it's got a little curve on it mm. you're standing there at 30 oh, sunk at 30 it wasn't too bad i could see how to get it right in there but <laughs> <laughs> at 57 it's like oh my god all i can see is a peg <laughs> yeah that's that's when you want to hand it off to a tech and be like man it needs a new a string can you see the <laughs> oh god but but man you know there's so many things you know that you have to keep in mind but you know man i just i i love it i'm, I'm glad i i i still i'm not any less uh you know consumed by it than i ever was i, I may be worse which is really bad you know <laughs> my, my my wife's very you know she's She's patient about it all. She knows. And there's a special place in heaven for, for band wives, isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they just learn to tune you out, maybe. Just like, okay, just <laughs> he's just doing his thing, you know. Oh, On I this quarantine know. thing, it's like we're all home. And they're all kind of looking at us like, aren't you, don't you need to leave and go somewhere for a little while? Yeah, my wife usually says, how many times are you going to listen to that song? Or how many times are you going to play that song? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's what you have to do. That's yeah. how you do. That's how we do this. But, uh, that's, I think it helps you be a better parent too, right? Because you're just so used to hearing the same thing over and over and over. You learn how to just deal with it. And oh, yeah. Over there, daddy, 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 daddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, but it's all good, man. You know, everything's everything's great. I, you know... Uh, ready to get out and play a song there's nothing like man you know? i saw a video last night i was watching some youtube stuff and it was you were playing somewhere it was a maybe a a, a bluegrass festival that that maybe they'd sort of snookered you into playing a little bit and i'm watching i thought well hot damn that's got that's tyler andall playing uh mandolin from the violin shop there oh, in nashville yeah. yeah yeah so i hit tyler up last night he was up at three o'clock in the morning like i was and I said, is this you in this video? He said, oh, yeah, man. I said, well, I'm talking to him tomorrow. He said, you got to ask him about the Shattered Bow story. Oh, my God. wonder where. Oh, here it is. No, is that the one? Yeah, it's a little lacking in some hair right now. I've been. But this bow, th this Nuremberger, I took it to him in a Walmart bag. Just, it, it was like, well, I, I broke it on stage hit it on something and it just shattered right in the middle. And I was like, and it's my favorite bow. And, and a lot of times I wouldn't use it. A lot of times I'd be like, okay, I'm going to use, I got a Durschmidt bow I really like and I'll use it. And, and a couple bows I can use. And I was like, 
but but I got into this thing where, oh, this thing feels good. I think it sounds better. I'm using it. Well, I hit it on something. All that metal up there and steel yep. just, just snapped it. It just shattered it. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe I shattered my favorite bow. And so when I got down underneath the deck, it was like at the end of something we were doing. And I got down at, uh, at the, uh, you know, where there was a break. Garth was doing an acoustic song. And I got down and I looked at this bow and... It was just shot. And so I was I was kind of mad, and I just ripped the frog out of the rest of the stick. I went, you know, it's done. It's just done. I'll put it in a shadow box in my room and remember to never use your favorite bow out like that again. And uh, so I put it in a Walmart bag, and I was telling Tyler about it, and he was like, yeah, man, bring that thing in. I want to see it. And so... Um, Eventually, I did. It was kind of embarrassing because it's like, oh, man, you know, you, you just hate to see something that nice just get that demolished. <laughs> so I took it in, and he went, oh, my God. And, and so I left it with, he said, he said, I don't know, I might be able to fix that. And I was like, oh, dude, you can't fix it, but whatever you want to do with it, maybe you can get some parts off of it because it's still got the silver button and all that. And so I go in there one day, maybe a month later, but not too long after that, and uh, – Fred says, uh, um, man, uh, we got a bow in here. You might like it. It's, it's a lot like your other one. It's a Nuremberger bow. And play it, you know, and see if you like it. And I, I said, okay. And I went, oh, man. I said, I hate it. I said, that sounds just like my old bow. It's, it's got the, It sounds like it. It's, I, I love these Nurembergers. This sounds just like my other one. And they kind of started laughing a little bit. And I was like, man, that's not my bow, is it? And it was my bow. But I'm telling you, he like, fixed dude, it. you can't see it. I mean, you, you can look at this about as close as you want. You really can't see it. You can't. You can't. I mean, I he's mean, a wizard. He, he, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Man, it's good to have guys like I mean, that in your camp when you're hard on gear. Oh yeah, he's talented, and man, he's making some bows now too. Uh, I, I need to get one from him eventually, but uh, he's making some great bows. I mean, they feel really good. I I've I played a couple of them, and uh, he's he's super talented. There's, uh, you know, I heard there's not a lot of new bow guys out there. You know, uh, some people were telling me in some other shops that it's hard to find good bow guys now. Um, Especially one that I've been playing carbon fiber so long, I'm afraid to pick one of his bows up because I'm I'm always flipping a bow or throwing it or whatever. And I, he asked me if I wanted to play one. I said, Tyler, I'm afraid if I pick one up, just subconsciously, I'm going to throw it. Well, I used to do that, man. I whip mine around, and God, you know, I I I, I still might, but you know, it's your, you could break it. But those bows are Tyler awesome. Tyler can fix it. <clears throat> oh yeah, well yeah, but. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that if I if it just doesn't happen. But uh, but no, um, uh, the, the the carbon fiber bows are great. I I I've not really researched them a lot just because you know stuck with what I got. And sure. um, but I but I know they're great. I, I I've played them before, and um, I mean that's amazing. I mean you you won't you're not going to break them. I don't guess. I mean um, no, I've I've tried. Yeah, that's there's some cool stuff out there, man. It's, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a endless world, you know. 
but uh but yeah yeah that's that was a great that was a great i always tell people that story on tyler because i'm like man you know he he can certainly rehair your bow because he could put one back together again and he no did doubt. he did an amazing job on that man he, he really did he but well, the uh, worst part is you're on stage in front of what thirty thousand people yeah. And you just shattered your favorite bow, and you um, got to act like it's no big deal. Oh, they're digging it. They're going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, look at the hair flying. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, inside, you're just dead inside. But well, you got to smile and act like, oh, yeah, look at me. Woohoo. Back in the 90s, I, I did, uh, I, I, I used bows and just threw them out. I mean, I, I was playing, uh, you know, just throw away bows. And I, I really didn't. I didn't really mind playing them, you know. I, they they felt pretty okay, and but um, as I when I took when Garth took his hiatus and I started playing bluegrass stuff and and some stuff with Dolly and different things again, I started using my other bows again. Kind of got used to it and just kind of got to the point where I was like, yeah, you know, I don't want to use what I want to use, um, and I could feel the difference. Uh, oh yeah, you can hear it too. Yeah, I, I, I could feel it. Um, it's not advisable to play like a really, really, really good bow because it'll make you depressed because they set down. <laughs> it's like I, 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 I say it's like driving a sports car. You know, it's like you, you know, you say go here, it goes there. It's like mm -hmm. it's not trying to bounce around, skip around. It's sitting right there. It's like, oh my God, how do they do that? Why, what, how can they make a difference in a stick? But man, they do. It's, it's, it's weird. But. Now we've had some fun listening to Jimmy play with a number of huge stars. And you obviously don't get and keep getting those gigs without having some sauce. But you're not going to get turned loose for real on those gigs. It's not about that. Here is a clip I found of Jimmy absolutely shredding Sally Gooden with his band, The Graskels. This is fire.
yeah, the I mean the bows, the strings, the I mean everything is so uh, you know such a big deal. I you know. And I, I pretty much try everything just to see because my my rule of thumb is I, I want to use what's the best. I mean, you know, I, you know, and and honestly, I've used uh, the Helicore strings for quite a while, um, and live I really like them. I've, um, and I've tried it. I've tried everything else too. I mean, Diadario's been really, really, really super great to me. Like, you know, over the years, you know, I used the acoustic strings and fiddle strings and. They've been really good to me, but uh, but but I've tried everything else. I've I've thought well, you know, um, I don't care if I get it for free um, sure. or dis or discount. I'm going to use what I like because it's my livelihood. You know, it's it's and but um, you know, like the like the fishman stuff. I've I've tried everything and I and I I still like it uh, better. You know, I I do like the. Um, idea of using uh one piece of gear for um multiple effects you know uh, and i haven't d dove into that but um mainly because like uh i, I always use the delay uh, mm -hmm. i mean but 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 in a way that which i i like messing with that other you know like like cool stuff too but uh uh, mostly, most of the time, I use it all the time just for ambience. Like to, yep. li like if I, like if you're playing and it hits a wall and it comes back, which is pretty much any time you're playing in any room. Uh, I, I want that. I want to, I want to feel something kind of kick back to me. So I use a delay for that. And I use a carbon copy for that. They're really warm sounding. Seem like yep. they almost warm it up without even having the delay. It's, it's, it's. But um, I always use reverb and delay. I mean, every yeah. time. Um, but I like other stuff. I got a bit. Uh, I've been using a pitchfork. Uh, mm. It's it's kind of a. Uh, it it doesn't do a lot of different things, um, like maybe the Eventide or something would. But but it's fun because I haven't really messed with stuff like that in a long time. But it's sure. got. But it's got you know the, you know, the harmony stuff and all that and it's cool. It's, yeah, uh, I just did a, a video review of a pitchfork the other day. Man, what a cool piece of gear. Yeah, it's it it's simple, but um, you know it's simple, but it but it's it, it, at the same time it's simple. It's easy. Uh, some of the right. even tied stuff's great, but getting into it, you know, you got to really get into it. It, it. it takes some time to figure it all out and. All that, but I, I used the car. I used the pitchfork actually uh, a couple times. I've used it and just used the one octave, the octave for the octave violin. If I didn't want to take mm -hmm. an extra, when we did some fly dates, I didn't take an extra uh, octave violin with me. Um, but uh, and, and I did find that it did better if I used the one octave down and played it on viola. I mean, obviously, okay. it's just taking that octave down one octave from its natural, you know, it's, it's a little more natural and it's a, a little more cello like, cause it's going an octave below. It's going where cello really is. Sure. Um, is that for the Garth gig? Yeah. He's got one song more in a memory that has a cello on it. So that's the one that's always been, um, 
but I like it. I love I love playing something that sounds like a cello. Yeah, I mean it's it's cool. Um, you know, I yeah, but I I I, I do want to research solid body stuff for that a little bit because uh, that would be it's always a yeah I always carry a double case with me and um, carry two violins one for a spare but also one to tune down if I have to do that. But um, that third violin is a uh, tricky thing, and you, you don't really want to throw an acoustic violin in a bunch of cases. Uh, yeah, it's the thing with an electric. You can just throw it in a boat, and it goes on the goes on the truck, and when you get yeah. to the next city, it's there waiting for you. Yeah, so, I, so I'm, I'm definitely going to research that, and that way I can just send it with a crew and keep it out there, and uh, that, that, that's good. And, and, I, and I know it would sound great. Yeah. Now you got me. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta dive into this. I gotta figure this out because uh, I think that's my best route to go. Here's a clip of Jimmy with Reba at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade playing her hit "Consider Me Gone." has got some cool tech yeah yeah they yeah they're uh yeah i've always liked that they're they're, they're they don't ever set still you know they're not a company yeah. that says you know we got this it works and we're sticking with this you know it's like now they're they're always looking and uh looking for things and uh and and, and i would like to use their violin bridge i actually hit them up about it um just recently i about che you know working on put pick up the pickup placement because because mm. i i think almost consistently i know sam bush way back in the day used to use uh hot dots you mm. know in his violin bridge like he'd get a barker's berry hot dot and stick it in the bridge and his sound was always killer and it was in the center of the bridge the bags is in the center of the bridge um seems like somewhere in the center of the bridge seems to be a little bit more the place to have it. And also, I feel like by it being in, down around the feet of the bridge uh, limits you on fitting the bridge mm -hmm. and some things like that. So uh, I, I kind of want to talk to them about because I love the company. I think I, they're just awesome people. And, and um, 
so I, I would love to figure something out on that and see if I can get where I where I dig the bridges because I'd I'd love to use the bridge. Nothing against bags, but but I just you know I just I like I like my fishman friends. <laughs> yeah, when you find a company that you like to work with, man, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about some of the time Garth very famously just walked away from the music business at sort of the peak of his of his popularity in like 99, right? Yeah, yeah, in 99. Yeah, his kids were, uh, you know, home, all home and uh, growing up. And I think, you know, and smartly he realized that, man, we had done some huge stuff. Everything was just at the height I don't know how you could get it any bigger than that. And I think he was like a combination of it's time to step back and let, you know, take a breather, give people a break from me kind of thing. And, uh, and, and, and then raise the kids. So, uh, and, uh, and he was going through a divorce at the time. And uh, so all that, you know, worked out good. I think, I know for sure him, but like us, all of us, um, and we all knew we were going back and, you know, anybody, uh, I mean, eventually I knew he was going back and anybody that I worked for, you know, kind of always knew he was going to go back and that I'd always go back. So, uh, and most of them were really cool. I was working with Reba. Uh, I worked with her, with her for five years prior to Garth going back and, um, she knew I was going to go back. And so the, uh, band leader and some people were like, do you want us to get somebody to replace him? You know, cause he's leaving. <laughs> we need to get rid of him. No, they were cool, but, uh, you know, just obviously wanting to cover their tracks and find somebody. And, um, she said, no, let him stay till he has to leave. And till the day no, he wants, wonderful. till he wants to leave. She was super cool. So awesome. And, um, uh, uh, but, uh, um, so then, you know, Garth started getting ready to go back and, 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 and actually the arena tour he did when he came back, he like doubled the numbers he had done in the nineties. It was crazy. And such a smart guy and good. He's a great dude, man. He's just such That's a everything guy. I hear about him. Um, yeah. I've got some friends that have, that yeah. have, you know, opened up for him and just said that he's that public persona that he puts off. That's exactly who he is. Oh yeah. 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 And he's, just so smart man it's like you know he uh yeah yeah he he conducts himself just flawlessly you know that's yeah i've heard uh, i mean i've heard the same things about dolly i've heard the same things about reba i mean you've you've certainly been fortunate to work with some some people that are just national treasures yeah they they are they're all they're all smart they know what they want to do they you know, you're just there to implement what they want, you know, what they're feeling, you know, you're, you're their instrument. Uh, but you're also a person to those people. That's, that's the difference. Uh, a lot of people, you're just, you know, you're, you're just a, you know, a paycheck and a, and a, you know, you're a replaceable piece of their world. And uh, because we all know that every, everybody's replaceable, and there's a million musicians out there. There's a million great ones, and uh, but to the to the those three people in particular, uh, you're, you're also a person, you know. So um, 
And that's great. That's just awesome. And it's fun. And they're, they're all three passionate about what they're doing. I mean, when you're up there playing with them, uh, you better bring it because they're bringing it. I mean, it's like they'll look, you know, and, uh, you know, especially with, you know, Reba and Dolly, their age, they're, they're, you know, quite a bit older and you still got to bring it to hang with them. I mean, they're, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, but I love that, man. It's challenges, you know, uh, challenges you to, um, try to get to a new level. And I, I think that's the other cool thing. I, I, um, you know, they, they, I constantly want to be better. You know, it's, um, you know, gets a little tricky. It's like, you're kind of like, okay, when you're a kid, you always have somebody telling you, do this, play this, work on this, uh, play this, you know, you're, you're getting instruction and you're getting told when you get older, it's kind of like, man, it's kind of on you to figure out what to do to refine your skills. And it gets a little tricky. It's like, man, I don't know. Cause if you start playing something and it really is kind of hard and you don't get it, (laughs) you're like, I just don't get this. Let me go to some. Yeah, talk about your process of continuous improvement. Do you, are you continually, I I know that you are uh, producing sort of a younger group here the other day. Do you spend a lot of time listening to newer stuff and trying to hear what all's going on in the world? Or are you hanging out with some of these older guys, the Sam Bushes of the world? And what's your process for staying on top of it? I, I think, yeah, the young people keep you, the, the, the newer artists and stuff keep you inspired. You, you kind of, their, their, um, their love for it and everything is infectious and it, 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 it keeps you, you know, you, you remember how that was. So you're, you're, you know, you get it. And that, that's that part of it. Um, the older guys, I think as you get older, you start realizing how great those people that you always idolized were. They were even better than you thought they were. Um, I've done that. I went back and listened to guys I listened to when I was a kid, and I remembered that they were great. But when I would go back and listen to them, I'm like, oh, my God, they, they're genius. This is freaking crazy um, how good they were. They were better than I knew they were. And so I'm like, man, you know, um, I don't know. Um, this This... One thing about the whole um, isolation thing is, is it does make you sit down and think about what I, what do you want to work on? What do you want to, what do you want to, uh, what skills do you want to work on? But for for fiddle players, it's easy because I mean, one thing you can always work on is you can work on your pitch and your tone and your and man, just the bow control and the. You know, luckily, if you record yourself, you you get to critique yourself. And that's really good to do because you'll think that you're doing something right. And you go back and listen and you realize that I'm just not quite in the pocket there. I'm not just quite, you know, and you're like, oh, man, I got to ramp this up a little bit, you know. But I just think with fiddle, you know, for me, it's just playing it, just playing it, just just keep keeping that neck in your hand where you where it feels natural um you know i try to play when when, when i'm off of the road um that's the reason why i like to play i'll go play gigs with anybody i mean i'll go play tons of gigs with 
new artists and and go out and play and what whatever because I know then when I go back to do something with Garth, it's the fiddle's not strange to me. It's like, oh, right. well, I've been doing this. I've been playing all week long. I'm I'm good. I'm ready. So mentally, it helps you to not be uh, as afraid of where everything's at. You know. Yeah. And then uh, you said something early about the guy when you first started with Dolly. I mean, your your resume reads like a who's who of country music. You you played with everybody. You played on on every stage, probably in every continent. Um, when when you, when the guy said, "I can help you get the gig, but I can't help you keep the gig," what advice would you give to to young guys that are just getting started? How to how to get the gig and keep the gig? Well, it's kind of a I, that you're never you're never good enough. Now there's a fine line between that. There's a fine line between you're never good enough and not being happy with yourself, and and then you're never good enough. You could be better. You know mm -hmm. you got to keep the mentality. I can be better. And don't listen to you know all the all your family and don't listen to all your you know, uh, you know, beer drinking buddies. Don't listen to all those people telling you you're you're great. You're you're as good as anybody I've ever heard. You're the best because it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you're as good as somebody else. I think what matters is you're as good as what you can be. Mm. And if you're not working to be better every day, you're not as good as you can be. You know, so I guess that's that's it. You you need to be better tomorrow than you are today. And and if you get there, great. If you don't get there, keep working. But don't stop. Don't don't stop because um, there's too much. And it's fun. It's not it's not supposed to be not supposed to be stressful. Um, you know, I tell my son, he's a French horn player, and that's just a monster crazy instrument to play oh yeah and I, i'm like you know the more prepared you are the more fun a gig will be mm. you know when you go to play a recital or you go to play with the symphony the more prepared you are the more fun that gig will be because then you're not worried in the back of your mind that you don't have it or i can't get it it's like well i think i've got it and if I don't, it ain't because I didn't try. So, you know, I would just say, man, never quit learning. Never stop trying to learn. You can, you can be better. I don't care who you are. You know. Amazing. Hey, man, well, thank you for doing this interview. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. And uh, I, I always ask people, you know, where can we find you and your music? I think people know where they can find you and your music or, and who you're touring with. But uh, are you working on some other stuff, producing some things that you want to let people know about? Uh, just uh, doing some projects. I'm working on a musical that's really actually kind of cool. It's uh, uh, it's called Tumbley, like T-U-M-B-U-L-L-Y, and it's an anti-bullying uh, mm. campaign thing. And it's a, a series of books, and it's a musical, and... Um, it's kind of it's fun. It's it's really fun, and 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 for the most part, a lot of it doesn't have to do with with 
with uh, with my violin and fiddle playing and or country music or bluegrass or it's 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 a little bit of everything and it mostly does kind of almost go into a pop realm a lot of times. But the fun thing is, is I've gotten to do some string stuff on it. So that's really fun. I, a couple pieces I've done like, you know, uh, full like chamber string section stuff myself. And um, so that's fun. So I, um, as, as long as it, just music, whatever. Some, one of these days I do want to do a project, but I kind of want it to be uh, something. It, it has to feel special to me. Um, you know, I, I, but, but yeah, I'm continuously finding things to work on. And, um, so I'll be, yeah, I'll be working. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Hey man, when this thing is over, come visit North Carolina. We got a, we got a bedroom and a bathroom here for you. And we'll, uh, we'll go play fiddles until we wear them suckers out. Yeah. If I get down there, man, I'll, 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 I'll get a hold of you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, that's another episode of Rockstar Violinist. What an honor and a pleasure to chat with a guy who I've stolen so many licks from. Jimmy, the check's in the mail. We'll enjoy a few seconds of Dolly's cover of Stairway to Heaven and then leave you. We'll see you next month with another Rockstar Violinist.